Hello, dear friends, and welcome to the Learning Future podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Luca Parry. Thanks for joining us again, this time for a wonderful conversation with Dr. Susie Wise. Susie is a designer and teacher with experience in education, technology, and, and the social sector. She coaches leaders in innovation practices, equity design, and storytelling for inclusion. And she's the founder and former director of the K-12 Lab Network at the Stanford D School something that's had an enormous influence on my own journey in education, as many of you know. She's also the co-creator of Liberatory Design and the author of the new book, Design for Belonging, a Stanford D School Guide, How to Build Inclusion and Collaboration in Your Community. Susie, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much, Luca. I'm excited for the conversation. Look, me as well. Um, yeah, this is going to be real fun. The first question, always the same. What's something you've learned recently? Sure. Um, so my, for me, and um, not at all about the book or belonging, etc. Um, I've recently learned how to build my origami kayak. Um, and I've learned a lot about kayaking and I've gotten faster and faster at building it. And I've really used it. What really what I've learned, like the deeper learning there is how much I love being on the water. Mm. and how much I love taking breaks and getting outside and being physical. I, you have to tell us a bit more about the origami aspect of the kayak. This one where you can put it in your, in your the trunk of the car, the boot of the car, and construct like Absolutely, build it? yeah. Is that so how it works? It, exactly. So it's, it's an oru kayak. I think it's the original of these origami kayaks, and it basically just looks like a box, right. and it contains all parts. And so you undo the straps of the box, and unfold this large it's plasticine which is like um in the u.s anyway it's like the the boxes that mail carriers use right. to carry mail around right. um so it's this this material that's very light and foldable but durable um and so you unfold it and then you refold it and there are some <laughs> things that are called zippers that you use at different points and literally and now i think i'm at like seven minutes in seven minutes you have a kayak oh, wow. If, and if, I take it in the San Francisco Bay. Oh, Susie, I think you've, so, you've sold me, actually. I have seen them. I've seen them. I'm sure I get lots of targeted advertising as well once I start oh, researching I it. They're so, listening. <laughs> yes. But that's really, I mean, uh, I, I'm really taken by, you know, where you feel that this actually does, it does connect to belonging and uh, so much of your work that you've done as an educator um, about this idea of belonging, where we feel we belong. You know, you feel like even your attachment to the water, you know, you feel this sense of kind of being part of something. So take us into this world of belonging and also design and how those two things can really converge in a powerful way. Yeah, thank you. And I love thinking of it as two things and how they come together, the design side and the belonging side and the power of their intersection. Okay. Um, so I started to work on belonging explicitly um, been working for a long time in the U.S. context anyway around equity, explicitly racial equity in schools. Mm -hmm. And I was starting to uncover that I was meeting some leaders in particular who when we started to move into the equity conversation, they really wanted to do it, but they would get quite intimidated and a little stuck and kind of go into some of their fears around how to work towards equity would show up in a kind of technical way that mm. suddenly the topic of equity was about numbers. 
And what I found in introducing the frame of othering and belonging is that it helped all of us, myself included, shift to understanding what the feelings are that we're looking for when we work towards equity in school environments, in communities at large, et cetera. And so grounding in the feeling of belonging as this very fundamental human need, we need to know we belong. It's part of how we know that we're safe. It's how we know that we can show up and be our whole selves. It's how we know we can actually show up and be a learner. Yeah. Um, so it really matters, especially in schools. Um, and there's a fair amount of research on that, you know, that goes along with it. But what I wanted to work with from a design perspective was, so if that's the feeling that we're going for, how do we get there? Because mm. every every individual, you know, child, adults, right, student, teacher is going to feel belonging in different ways for themselves. And we can't, you know, go into their brain or into their heart and make it so. What we can do is create things for belonging to emerge. And that's where I saw the intersection then with design, because design helps us open up what are all the things we can create. Yeah. And we sometimes have a very limited palette that we think we can work with. So I often tell like, you get excited and you wanna do something new and you think I'm gonna send an email to everybody and that's gonna change my school. Well, probably not, unfortunately. And <laughs> Email has its role to play in our world, right? You and I would not be talking here today if we didn't have email. But <laughs> there's so many other things that we can consciously intentionally design. We can mm. think about space or role or ritual. So kind of mm. opening up the, the toolkit, the toolbox of what we can design in order to help belonging emerge becomes really powerful. So that's the intersection that I'm, that mm. I'm going for. I, I love that intersection, Susie. The, the other, I like really how you've, you've talked about this feel you've started with feeling belonging you know because it it is a felt it's a it's a sense as i think you speak to as well in the book you know it's this sense of of belonging to something and then yeah. the piece of the how do we see each other right this seeing belonging and then ultimately shaping yeah. belonging which is almost like the architecture piece to this it's like the design piece as you say yeah that's the design piece yeah and so that seeing that feeling seeing shaping mm. the seeing piece is really important it helps us to break things down and get yeah. really specific i talk about it in terms of moments mm. so we can think about a, a really wide range of moments that we can look at we can't create belonging everywhere all the time all at once to quote the the recent film but um we can <laughs> yeah. we have to look at specific moments so is it about how people are invited in or entering or is it about what it looks like to contribute to get mm. to show up and share some of what makes you you um that's another really important kind of moment and then mm. i talk about another moment is dissent what does it look yeah. like to have to raise raise issues, offer critical feedback, those that can become a really powerful measure even of belonging. Because if mm. you don't belong, you're probably not going to say, hey, can we work on this? Yeah. Yeah. There's not the, the engagement isn't deep enough to, to perhaps activate yeah. the care. Um, I'm really, I'd love you to share one of your favorite kind of exercises. Because I think that's, you know, it's, we can have a, we can have a conversation about belonging and we are. Uh, there's something else about being able to drop in a, la a level below, which is a real sense of, you know, and everyone listening, all of us know when we feel it and when we, we feel othered and it can, and yeah. we can feel so unsafe often 
when we, yeah. when we you know, it's our evolutionary psychology as well as sometimes the reality is, you know, when we're not, we're not within the circle and this inside outside and the in-group out-groups and all the other kind of tribalism that kind of is part of our yeah. evolutionary story. Yeah. Well, what's an exercise that you think is really powerful um, from the ones that you've listened well, so- to? Talking again about getting to feelings, are, there are a couple exercises I like, and it's a it's a classic exercise that comes from design. So I'm always trying to use some of the tools of design to move into these domains. So a classic exercise, the emotional journey map. Mm. So simply asking yourself, what are the highs and lows of a period of time that I want to pay attention to. It might be the last year or it might be since I joined this new school or it might be since I, you know, uh, graduated from college. That's you're thinking about a specific framework in terms of time and then mapping what are the highs and lows of belonging. That's really powerful because you're, you're paying attention then to yourself and your own feelings. And you're also edging towards seeing what kinds of moments were they you can look Mm. back on the map and see the high points of belonging or see the low points and then do some inquiry to see into those moments Mm. another one i love is just thinking about mapping um, your town or your campus and thinking about where in a particular place do you feel a sense of belonging and not i talked with an educator recently who had done this exercise with his students in the context of a classroom at there was they made a map of the classroom and then they all filled it out and talked about places where they felt like they belonged and not and he right away noticed some really interesting patterns the girls in his class didn't feel that the whiteboards were a space that they belonged but the mm. boys did and he had never noticed that right and and you're not always going to get such clear signals of patterns like he saw in that exercise but it can offer a really interesting lens um, to, to be noticing where belonging is happening in real time and space. Mm, it that. gets to that notion that, yeah. that you were referencing too of that it's a sense of belonging. Mm, I, I love that. I really, and the mapping piece, I find so powerful. I mean, just thinking about that for every organization, you know, where, where do people congregate? Like what, and what is it about that space? Uh, you know, the grouping and the, you know, the other kind of elements that we can use to shape belonging that makes it so, you know, that's really powerful data, I think, for us to use. Um, I'd love Yeah, exactly. I, and yeah. I'll throw out one more exercise just because sure. it kind of flips to the other side, kind of more into the design space and less about feelings, but more about idea generation. Yeah. And that's assumption storming. Hmm. assumption storming is just an exercise to say what are all the assumptions that we have and you could ask about who belongs in a particular context and you can often really uncover some interesting underlying assumptions and then you can push yourself to flip those Hmm. we think of this particular program as just about young children what if we actually opened up the role that parents play and Uh understand right multiple lovers it it, it just it opens up kind of the possibility space i think when you start with an assumption storm i i really like that um i like that a lot i'd I'd love for you to take because in in the you've referenced some wonderful thinkers and researchers and and human beings frankly susie take us just a level higher at the moment you know here we are 2022 it's mid-may 
as we record this, you know, what, what do you think? I mean, some people would say that we have a crisis of belonging right now or a crisis of meaning. So at a societal level, you know, and obviously schools are nested within context as our organizations, universities, etc. What would you say about where we are um, in terms of our belonging at a community level? What's, what's your reflection there? Yeah, I would say, and in this moment, I've been really reflecting, there was just a mass shooting um, in mm. Buffalo, New York, yeah. here in the United States context. So I've been really struck by that, bothered by that, despairing around that. It was a very clearly racially motivated shooting. Um, and so just the kind of the visibility of the othering is really apparent. Mm. Um, so when I zoom out, I, I do think we're in a very difficult time, a kind of a crisis around belonging and the the kind of the the strength of the othering tendencies that we have as humans mm. um, and so the call to work on what john powell calls bridging is really powerful and important um, and i don't want to be naive to think that the tools that i am putting forward in terms of the intersection of design and belonging are going to solve everything mm -hmm. and what so what i'm trying to do just from my corner of the world my yeah. orientation is towards helping people get started to have that reflection to feel into what is belonging and to recognize the places and for whom belonging is not afforded mm. and to to take that work up um, we need more people taking up that work and not just doing the things that are kind of nice to haves around the edges. So I really think of my work as being about how to demystify getting started yeah. and working towards something that matters as much as belonging. There's some beautiful, um, there really are some beautiful reflections in this book, Susie. One that- uh, what, are you, yeah. what are you thinking about? Well, I'm thinking about this idea of and I'd love you to try to just reflect on this as well. It's, it's one of Brene's piece, Brene's reflections. True belonging is the spiritual practice of believing in and belonging to yourself so deeply that you can share your most authentic self with the world and find sacredness in both being a part of something and standing alone in the wilderness. So I'd love, because I think often when we think of belonging, it's, it's group. It's, it's part, oh yeah, cool, uh -huh. I'm, I'm part of this particular community or this particular community. What is your reflection in having explored this now for, for many years with a sense of belonging to oneself? Yeah, so I think that's a beautiful, and I, I wanted to include Brene. So I, I have these folks, as you're referencing in the book, and I call them host heroes of belonging. And they're kind of sprinkled throughout the book, but then they also have this pantheon image. Mm -hmm. And I, I got that idea from thinking about the books that I had as a kid about Greek myths, and it was the gods and yeah. goddesses on Mount Olympus. Uh, and, and this for me as a designer is bringing it together some of these really eclectic references that I draw upon to think about belonging. Brene Brown is probably the most famous person to popularize thinking about belonging, at least in American popular culture. Yeah. And I, I think that notion though, of how belonging becomes portable, we can start to think about how, you know, mapping the places where we feel it, 
but mm. that the kind of the self-actualization of belonging is that you know it and you mm. carry it with you yeah and that's that's powerful for learning that's powerful for loving that's powerful for being in community and you can even think of it referencing back to some of you know the horrifying things we've seen in terms of extreme othering it's probable that those individual perpetrators have no sense of belonging. And so yeah. they're seeking this kind of violent attachment to these other ways of being. Mm. Um, so it's it, it feels fundamental to be being a functional individual, but also as a functional part of a community. Yeah. And we're always we're always part of more than one group. We our identities have these layers. We live in intersectionality, mm. and that we can belong to more than one thing is a beautiful thing. Yeah. And as we reflect on that and and kind of take stock of that and let that live and breathe, and make it part of our whole self, right? Then we recognize the context where we get to show up as that whole self, and mm. that's a I think a great bar to think about whether you're building a school or an organization or another kind of entity. That's such a wonderful reflection, Susie. Take, a, take us into this idea then of like when we, are, when we are within an institutional frame. So we are in a school or we are in an organization or we are in a team. You know, what are some of the practices that you, you have seen that really build belonging? Because it does seem like we all acknowledge its importance, but it's not ever, it's not ever, not ever measured right? First of all, so, you know, we're not kind of ranking at like, what's the levels of belonging? Um, and maybe we shouldn't anyway, but th this is idea that's kind of a bit, it's kind of a bit over to the side. Yes, we, we know that it matters, but actually what matters is that you achieve this particular task at this point in time. So what's the kind of, what are the practices that, you, that you've seen um, around the shaping piece in particular that, that you see really significant uplift or like a deepening into the sense of belonging that we can be more than one thing and we are part of something really you know bigger than ourselves yeah so i i think for me i and i'll i'll share something about the shaping in a moment but i think mm. that remembering that is a sense of belonging and that we feel it in our bodies and that it's fundamentally human is a is a very important first piece yeah um and then when we're ready to think about where and how to shape one of the powerful things particularly for leaders i think is around storytelling what are the stories that we tell and that's powerful both in terms of representation how do we share stories of the full range of people that got to belong in a particular context and also how do we do that real human storytelling about our own journey yeah. about how we've come to a place of deeper belonging and the understanding of that. So I think storytelling, especially from a leadership perspective, becomes a really important aspect of the work. Mm. I love that. The you know, what's the narrative? So there is something about story, similar to belonging, I feel, Susie. Storytelling and belonging are almost two of the most human <laughs> human things we could imagine, yes. right? Yes. Um, and, you know, to be seen in story and to kind of feel stories. You know, we all lean forward when someone says in, in the West, once upon a time, you know, and we go, oh, now mm -hmm. what happened? You know, we get into that particular <laughs> story. Um, and I'm, I'm curious then, is there, when you think about your work in communities, 
Like, and particularly if it's, you know, the work around fully embracing the diversity that exists within our communities. What, what mm-hmm. do you see as kind of the, the guiding, well, the North Star? Like, where, what do you think we can actually achieve if we design for belonging powerfully in our learning systems? Like, what can a school look like now or well, in I the future? Yeah. A, what can schools look like now yeah. and in the future? Yeah. Well, so at, at what's really powerful about belonging, as we've been saying, is that it's this fundamental human need and sense it allows us then to be in relationship. So I think the the future of school is really privileging how do we learn in relationships that's going to both draw upon and continue to build belonging. So that can look a whole lot of different ways, but it, and there's a tons of room for creativity there, but the role of guides and mentors, the role of working um, across difference, doing meaningful work across difference Mm. in different kinds of groupings is really powerful. It also, the whole notion of grouping, where and when do you get to be in different kinds of affinity groups or identity-based groups that feel supportive? Because as we've been talking about, your belonging in one place can help you build your belonging in other places. You're not going to feel the same kind of belonging in every single context, right? That would, that that's not going to happen. Um, and it also wouldn't, it would, it would be some kind of a, everybody all the same all the time, which we're not going for. Mm, um, mm. We are going for contexts where people can show up as their whole self, express their interests, follow their passions yeah. and build in collaboration. It's so, I mean, I'm so struck. I, my question is, cause I, I mean, I am so on board. I, I mean, not that this, not, you're not selling me anything at all, but really this is kind of just, this is the aspiration that we have for learning communities really, is it not? And so it absolutely is. What, what do you see as the, as the kind of the barriers getting in the way of us being able to create that future? Like what, what are those kind of big blockers at the moment? And you spoke a bit about, you know, the sense of disconnection, but what, what do you think even like within the way that we've shaped the systems in which we live, work and learn? Yeah. So I'll, I'll say that, and I don't have super deep knowledge about what I'm about to say, but I will say that for me, it feels like, so back yeah. to the feelings, it feels like our obsession with the systems and with scaling is is one of our big barriers. And that part of what I think comes from building learning communities that are Mm. really grounded in belonging is letting them, encouraging them to be, freeing them to be, liberating them to be idiosyncratic, local, which doesn't mean that you're not trying to ensure that everyone gets a beautiful and idiosyncratic education you are but it's not going to look the same everywhere and that Mm. that's okay and that that's actually powerful and sends signals to people that they get to show up and belong yeah that's so good this i heard recently susie um scale scale is male i don't know if you've heard that before (laughs) but i I think scale is male and pale probably like this idea that there's something around the kind of the the seeking it must be massive like go huge be a unicorn 
even that whole kind of paradigm is almost antithetical to the idea of locally connected communities. Like I'm, I'm far more interested in how do we spread rather than how do we scale? Absolutely. And then we're acknowledging the agency that, that learning communities have or that communities have or that human beings have to really own yeah. their own futures as they move forward. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think from a, and then as we like thinking about spread, a powerful piece there is thinking about bright spots, right? What yeah. can we notice that beautiful, that's beautiful that this particular school did and created and how do we not try to replicate that? I did yes. that in air quotes. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do we not try to replicate that? But how do we take inspiration from that and think about what a related way of working or way of supporting teachers or way of sharing work would look like in our own context? Mm. Yeah, I love that, Susie. So good. All right. So I have a final question for you. And it really is, you know, you've, you've been as, as an educator and a thinker and a researcher, you've been doing this work for some time. What do you want to leave us with? What, what would you like us to kind of be feeling, not just thinking, but feeling about belonging as we, as we go on our, our continue our journeys in the world? I, I really want us to just investigate it, to remember that belonging is this fundamental <clears throat> human need and that it's a worthy question to ask ourselves when and where we feel it and then to ask others when and where they feel it and to move from there, to use that noticing to say, oh, this is a bright spot of belonging. What can we learn from that? And oh, this looks like we're getting into some othering territory. What can we address there? So to take up concrete moments and then seek to shape them. So that's a beautiful, beautiful way to, to close out our conversation on belonging. Um, something that I really think in our collective work in education must become central to, to the way that we, we design and organize our learning systems. So thank you for joining us on the Learning Future podcast and thank you for the work you do. Thank you so much. It's great to be with you.